Here comes the sun. I just keep hearing that. Dun, 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 you know that you know the you know the real I'm talking about? Do, 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 do. No. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. We're going to be talking about our children's future and what we hope the future beholds for them. So at the table tonight, I have uh, Rachel. Oh. Hi, Jane. I'm Rachel Flanagan. <laughs> I didn't know if I should do full names or not. Kim McIsaac. Hello. Jen Dunn. Hello. Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. And I am Jamie Ramos. Let's talk about what we hope the future holds for our kids. The title of this series is Hear Me Roar. And the theme of this episode is our kids are coming. They're going to be the future. And what we hope the future holds for our children who aren't typical children. So Rachel, we'll start with you. Thanks, Jane. My daughter is seven. And right now, looking forward, my goals as our listeners know, we're in kind of a place. And tonight, Billy and I were looking at like videos from a few years back in my time hop. And it's like, there's just not a ton of change in a certain way about her. And like, it's tangible. You can see it. We can tell that same struggle is still there. So my goals for Celie is that she can learn to regulate better and learn to advocate for herself in any capacity. I, of course, hope that grows to like an enormous amount and that she surpasses my dreams for her. But I don't know. Right now, I just hope for like peace in her heart and process and for her to be able to recognize what she likes or doesn't like in a situation and be able to talk through that with the person that can help. I feel like she's an extraordinarily powerful person. And so I want the world to know that she's coming and Celie is a, an extraordinarily passionate and powerful kid. And I think that that's only going to grow. I feel like she's different because she's just fiercely proud of who she is. And we've talked in other episodes about how Celie knows the words of her diagnosis. She knows she comes with certain idiosyncrasies. And she's just so proud. And so I feel like she will have a platform of some variety. And I just hope there's a stadiums big enough. Mm. What do you hope changes within the world that Celie can find her place easier? You know, I just, I think that the currency, the value that she brings is more felt than understood. Yeah. Mm. And I just hope that there's a world ready to honor that in her because I don't know who she'd be if she lost her sparkle and lost her fire. So I just hope the world is ready to feel with her because if you're willing to get into her vill and she is able to trust yours, I mean, it is like being inside a Beatles song. <laughs> I love that. Do, 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 do. All of those. That just made me think, yeah. Like for my son, Jesse, I think about when we're in like, I call it like the autism world bubble, I have so much hope where you're around people that are talking about, let's build a center or there are centers or really great schools that are built around helping autistic children. But the thing is that those all cost a lot of money and they're all within this one little realm. 
And when you really have to step outside, like going back into the public school system this year, there's been really great things. And I think there's really been a lot of good changes, especially in our area within the public schools and understanding kids on the spectrum and ways to incorporate them into things. But there's still a lot further behind the bubble that I've placed myself in before when we were at a center that was based all around autism, where people were studying all the new things on autism. And so I just hope like the world can get to a place where it's more common knowledge. I feel like Hmm. the next generation coming up, there's a lot of kids that do understand it more. They hear about autism more that's put in a different light than when we were children. But it also scares me because you also hear the opposite things of those all the times, like people using the word autism or autistic as an insult. I was just listening to the radio today and they were talking about the number one reason people don't hire someone from an interview is because the lack of eye contact. And I'm like, well, what's that say for the- the That whole population. Yeah. So the whole generation of kids nowadays are like that. So- they're going to have no one to hire. That's okay. <laughs> well, they're all going to be working. Better lower your standard, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> they're all sitting on computers anyway. They don't need it. <laughs> so I don't know. My hope is just that there's more of a common understanding that people are different. I think there's an element of that where like maybe the person just can't make eye contact and they need isolation, but they're able to complete a job or a task. And perhaps for my son, he might, it might be more than that, where he needs a job where someone's willing to take a chance on him, someone's patient with him, where someone's able to, you know, not worry about like nickeling and diming every hour and minute out of him. So just things like that. I think that's why I'm spreading awareness and I just hope the world becomes more aware. Uh, what about you, Kimmy? So, um, I mean, Alyssa's already 25, so she's already, she's yeah. here. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question because as you guys know, I have four children. So between 17 and 27, and what you really want for your kids is you just want them to grow up and be happy, be loved, be safe. With Alyssa, there's a whole nother layer. I don't have any crazy things about her having a job. I don't have any, I could care less if she ever had a job. Like if that's something she wanted for herself, then that's fine. But I really think it's kind of putting her in a vulnerable position where she can't communicate. And of course, if there was like a program or something she did with, you know, with where there was somebody able to supervise job or coaches and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Something like that, of course. But my main thing I want for her is just for her to be able to communicate very basic wants and needs. Like that's, that's what I want for her for before me and my husband are gone. It seems like a very simple goal, but it's really not. It's very complicated with her. You know, I just worry about her being ignored. I worry about her being like overlooked. I worry about her being left at a table and people just walking by her. I don't worry about a job. I don't worry about how, you know, she's never been treated badly. Like that, that's not my worry for her. My worry for her is just her just existing and no, nobody being there to kind of pull everything they can out of her. Um, that's my hope for her. That's why I, you know, try to do what I can to help her along. And it's very simple, but it's very complicated. Yes. Yeah. The, there is, Billy and I were just talking recently about how there's regression and like we as Seely's caregivers, like you said, Kim, like do so much to pull it back, to like work through getting that skill back. And it's never back to where it was. It's like a new shape. It's like a river, you know, that like never flows down the same channel. It's like slightly different, but you're still heading South or whatever. (laughs) She, we just, we're so much a part of that. So if there isn't a person 
that knows Sealy enough to get in there. You know, it is. It's yeah. And like with her, it's kind of the forgotten population right now where when you go into adult adult services, everything kind of just goes to the wayside. Like it's almost like they turn 22 and like they literally just don't matter anymore. Like there's nothing for kids with significant needs that aren't in residential places and that aren't on the Mm -hmm. higher end of the spectrum so that they could, you know, there's lots of things for jobs. There's lots of things for housing. There's just not very much for the in-between. Yeah. And hopefully that's something will, that will change for you guys as kids, you know, um, it's really important, I think, for people to be aware of that. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, a lot of therapies and educational services and um, yeah. a lot of recreational things. And, you know, it's almost like and once even, they're 22, it's just. And their autism and their needs don't end. Yeah. No, they right. don't. And, and their potential just... for learn and their potential for learning, like, yes. doesn't end either. So it's yes. like really difficult that all the supports that they've had you know up to 22 literally are just like gone in a puff of smoke like obviously I do what I can to help her along but like I'm not a special education teacher I'm not a therapist like some days I don't have it in me some days she doesn't want to do it with me so it's like it just kind of plus it's hard for you to change hats like that and be the responsible like it's just not that way you can't move where the salt and pepper is on your table I know you can't become a damn teacher when you're her mom. Mm-hmm. I think so. not like, that you can't, but that she would never. It was not well, like, it's like it if she decides like she doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it's just with yeah. me. It's not going to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's her, just she knows you. She's figured you out by now. And <laughs> I think too, like part of the ongoing learning for one, their brains aren't even developed all the way by the time yeah. you're, you know, like. Also, like everyone needs to be challenged. And I'm not saying like the world is challenging for all of our kids all the time, but when people just stop trying to educate you or letting you learn or grow, it's just sad. Like there should be opportunities like that for her and all autistic adults. What about you, Jen? I want to start by saying that her future is my biggest fear. It is what keeps me up at night. It is what brings me to my knees. It is what causes the biggest problem between her father and I. Her future paralyzes me. Having said that, what I wish for her and I hope for her is what Kim says she hopes for all of us. I hope that there's more acceptance. I hope that my daughter has somewhere to go like the pampered parent um, and a place that, you know, she can be validated and feel validated. My mom said one day, Kaya said something randomly and we both kind of looked at each other. Um, My daughter didn't speak till she was five. And my mom said, maybe one day she'll, maybe she'll have a part-time job, Jennifer. And I kind of went, You know, because before that would have really offended me. That would have really Mm. pissed me off. Like, that's all you think she's going to do. But the reality is she goes two hours and 15 minutes to school, Monday to Friday. It is more than enough for her. My kid loves to be home. (laughs) Her iPad, that's just my kid. But she has a, um, you know, too much stuff coming at her. You know, she needs needs her downtime. So Mm -hmm. I hope she can have a part-time job. I hope she can go work at a Chuck E. Cheese, although I don't think that's going to happen because I think there'd be too much Chuck, Chuck E. She'll stuff. be in Oh, it. that poor yeah. mouse. Yeah, yeah, that mouse will be running. That mouse will be running. Uh, There'll need know, to I, be a slime factory yeah, in our Something, in a our slime our factory. Up, you know, working in, you know, in ballet, helping with something with ballet. I don't know what mm. it is, but I do hope that for her, she can, you know, do some independent things. I, you know, we'll most likely own a home that has a suite in it for her. She'll probably always co-live with me and I'm okay with that, but some independence for her, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's reality. That's not me being negative. That's the reality. 
those are the things that I hope for her, that she can be independent and, and, you know, have some purpose and do some great things, which I know she's more than capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I love that. What about your kiddos tabs? So I'm, you know, kind of on the opposite end of Kim with babies, you know, Nora's three and Nixon is five and a half. And I think we all think about their future so much. I mean, we, you can't sit in it all the time, but you just think as parents, you think about where your kids are going and where they're going to land and imagining. I remember when Nixon was a baby and he was obsessed with fans and we talked about him being an engineer and maybe he would be an engineer one day because he was always obsessed with looking at fans. And so thinking about our kids' future is natural. For my kids, my biggest worry is that the world will break them. I know they'll always have a safe place to land with us behind our doors in the privacy of our home. We'll always be accepting. We'll always be watching and wanting to know who they are as people. But the world itself, I worry about a lot. You know, my son has a very tender heart and spirit. And I worry so much about him losing that part of him because of people's perception of him. And, you know, my daughter, it's too early to tell really like what her skills will be, where she'll be, what she'll be able to do. She's nonverbal at this point. I don't know what that will look like for her in the future. Um, So I just, I really hope that they find some happiness, that they find a passion that makes them filled with joy and find a place where they can go to every day and feel good about themselves and not have people judging them and wanting to know who they are. Because, you know, I lived my life as kind of an asterisk. I never fit into any categories and my family never fit into categories. I know what it's feeling like you're not in the box of people. I'll never understand what it feels like to be autistic, but I do understand like this idea that you have kind of this backpack you're carrying around of not fitting in. I just hope that they don't end up carrying that backpack. (laughs) At least they have each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're lucky for that. They have each other and they have us. So I know they'll always know they're loved and they'll, they'll always know that people are there to root them on and show up for whatever they're doing. But I just, hope the world can change their perspective of what our kids are capable of because my kids surprise me every day you know mm-hmm. so mine too every damn day yeah. all our kids are so different like we all have different expectations for the future because all where our kids are and I think for me and Tabs, we don't really know where our kids are gonna be um, well I was Jamie I was gonna say when Tab was saying that I still don't know yeah. I still don't know I mean, she's 11 and when she was two and a half and she was Nora's age, I didn't have an idea. When she was Jesse's age, I was lost. To be honest, I'll be really, I don't know where she's gonna be. I don't know one day she can make a scrambled egg and then one day I have to wipe her in the bathroom. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where we, um, just today, actually at school, I picked up Jesse and they're just like, well, he just wasn't like here today. And I'm like, that happens. And I don't know why. And the teacher's like, yeah, it just happens. You don't know. and it's really hard because the world has an expectation where you see what you get, you know, you see this person and this is what they are, but that's not our kids. They change hourly. Mm -hmm. And her speech therapist said to me one day, all of those things, like he, he may not have been there today, but that's probably because he's filtering out a whole lot of stuff to keep his stuff together, to be in that moment today. Our kids are icebergs. Like I was thinking about uh, also as Tabitha was talking about, because 
I think uh, something that a lot of people think about Jesse a lot of the time is that he's unaffected by things. Yes. He's either very affected and that's very apparent or he's just like stonewalled. Like I always talk about situations where people talk about their child or an autistic person being made fun of. And they're like, oh, I don't even think they really understand they're being made fun of. But then you read these accounts by autistic adults who are like, people think I don't hear them or that I don't understand they're making fun of me, but I do. And that just breaks my heart because things like things happen to Jesse sometimes. And I'm asking him, I'm trying to communicate, like, how do you feel about this? And he doesn't say much back or doesn't say anything. And I can just tell, like, he's not even showing much emotion, but I'm just like, and I also don't want to project that on him. Maybe yeah. he's really not feeling anything yeah. because he's also a boy. Yeah. Um, but I'm so worried that he is suffering inside with that, which he does a lot. And that's why he, that's why he melts down. That's why he bursts out every so often because he's holding into all this stuff and mm-hmm. it breaks my heart. And I just hope we get, like, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. And I'm hoping that people outside of our community and stuff can listen to this and be kinder to people. And I'm not just mm-hmm. talking about the cute kid who has autism and sitting in the corner not making eye time I'm talking about the the adult that you think is weird walking down the street talking to themselves or randomly walking backwards or flapping their hands and your you your first thought is like oh that's weird or I hope people can look past that those adults and be like oh maybe they're on the spectrum or maybe they have this or this going on or sensory needs instead of going to like that place of a weirdo or strange or stay away from them mm-hmm. you know I don't I agree Jane. I just yeah. and I, do, I do feel like um I feel like we've made a lot of progress towards the stigma of autism I yes. I do like and just in the you know the 22 years that we've been coming up in this um walk of life um and then it's very complicated because your kids could progress in certain ways you know with communication with language with different things but there could be other things that other barriers that get in the way of them being able to do the thing so it's not just about is somebody verbal are they moderate Uh, even when they're high functioning I mean you can have be high functioning and completely verbal and not be able to do a job because it's too overwhelming or you get too stressed out or, or you get too anxious like there's just you know there's so many varying layers like and do I think Alyssa's capable of a job I absolutely think she's capable. Absolutely think she's capable. But could something set her off if she got confused? If somebody, like she felt somebody was angry or upset with her, could she freak out? Would that person be able to calm her down? Probably not. Probably not. And I'm just, for me, it's not worth the vulnerability factor. It's not worth making her a target for her to, Yeah. if somebody's expressing that they want to do it, it's, it's different. But like for me, that's just too scary for me. Like I yeah, it has I just, to be someone who has studied or trained. Like it's hard to just hand our kids off to just anyone. It's like, but it's like, I think she's capable. It's not yeah. that I don't think she's capable. I do think she's capable. Like, I mean, she's very good at organizing <laughs> <laughs> and doing laundry. She'll, right. She'll put oh. everything exactly <laughs> where she thinks it should be. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, so I, there's just not the opportunity for her. And that's the next thing I want to talk about. What's your hope for the overall community like I was thinking when we were just talking when you were talking about Alyssa like and using her device and stuff like that like one of my hopes is that more of the technology catches up there's great technology in this community and coming up but it is so dang expensive and we've talked about you know you can get on programs and things like that that help you for that like that is a thing and I hope more of those come out and I hope people can know but it's like 
come on, if you, if, you know, a 13 year old out there can make a whole movie on their iPhone, we could make speaking devices a little more affordable. Like there's just well, and affordable, yeah. like uh, maybe yeah. at one point they'll have them at restaurants. Like they'll have yeah. even like simple mini versions. It doesn't have to be the Prolo to go or the talk tech or whatever. It could be simpler versions. So somebody could, you know, use that order, order themselves. Yeah. I mean, I went to, um, we go to Dairy Queen a lot and I went and I was like, oh, can I get a visual menu? Oh no, we don't have those. Can I get something that has pictures on them? Oh no, we don't have anything. Why do you not have anything like this? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, and everything that's always on the menu with pictures is always like the thing that she's not going to want to have. So it's like, you know, it, it's just like, that's just a little thing, but like that should be readily available at every restaurant. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Dairy Queen, we love you. So it's nothing against you. It's just an overall thing of, um, you know, well, that accessibility that is not there. Yeah, I saw this video on Instagram and I'm sorry, I don't know who posted it, but I was just like scrolling through and this mom um, took her son to, I think it was Chick-fil-A. I shared that and I can't. Yeah, yeah. And she was, she told the guy like, I'm just trying to help my son be more independent. He wants to order for himself. He's nonverbal. Can you go to the window? And the guy brought the thing to the window and he ordered off the card himself and it made I sobbed watching that thing because it was like really yeah like not only her the way that she made it clear what she was trying to do that she wants her son to be more independent and then also the workers like just openness to be patient and you know let him do his thing because that's what we want for our kids is independence and we want them to be not dismissed as a person like my daughter can hear what you're saying saying when you speak in front of her my son understands the energy that's going on in the room like they are there in the room Mm -hmm. you know and you always say they're human beings they can hear you yeah Yeah, I I do that actually we go to the restaurant and my daughter you know sometimes ladies I'm on the keto sometimes I'm not on the keto so it depends (laughs) on what week we're rolling into when we're at the restaurant but we go to Boston Pizza so I want to give a shout out to Boston Pizza this is not a paid shout out this is just a Boston Pizza shout out my daughter likes to order the same thing, Tabitha. It's like you said. So I always say to the waitress, she's going to order and then I'll, I'll order. And she'll say pizza, salad, french fries, uh, orange juice, water, straw, vinyl cookie. Like she'll give the whole list of what <laughs> we would do when I'm on the keto, right? Yeah. And a lot of times that's not what we get. And then I'll say, <laughs> okay, so can we get, you know, and then I'll do the different order. But I like her to order. I think that it's important for her. And it, you know, I, I get people are busy, but it's an extra... 35 seconds for my kid to be able to do that and people are so great about it they're so yeah. great about it well, and we that same thing because Alyssa can now she can say it enough that we understand her it's you kind of go back to when you have a child who's emerging speech and you understand what they say but like another person's like what do they say you know mm-hmm. but some people will take the time to try to listen and I always repeat her like she'll say sprite and I'll go oh mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. sprite so like they kind of know but in, you can see it's like she's so proud of herself when she does it, you know, it yeah. makes her feel yeah. so, so proud, you know, that she's like, yeah. you know. This is the TikTok at S-H-A-E underscore N underscore S-T-E-C-E. Yeah, that's their TikTok, but it's the sweetest. I love that video, it literally made me sob. So if you're on the TikTok, go give them a follow. We're not affiliated. Yeah, she has all kinds of videos, um, but I just like, 
because there's things like that moments like that where you have seen your child feel empowered you know and you've felt them you've seen them make a decision that you didn't know that they could necessarily make and you're just as surprised as them I mean I will say even for Jesse, like this is really silly, but I was just thinking about, we went to this water park over the summer with my family and he has a swimsuit on and he's wearing sunglasses. And I think he was trying to emulate like his dad and his uncle, but he's like just walking around. Like I'm with all these other kids. I'm at the water park, but he's just walking around. Like he is the coolest shit in the world. And you could just see this confidence in him. <laughs> because our kids are often separated from their peers. They're yeah, always yeah. working hard on different things. Our kids, you know, I was thinking about this too when Kimmy was talking about how, how things abruptly stop. Our kids are the hardest workers you'll yeah, ever yeah. meet. People put them to, the, to work at age two and they're going. And then all of a sudden they hit 20, 21, it's gone. So, but it's just like, you could tell he just loved being with the other kids. He loved like wearing his sunglasses and looking like a cool guy. But even moments like that, where it's just like, I feel like I'm like, part of everyone else and part of the community it's like and I want more of those outside of the communication things I just want those opportunities for our kids and I want people I think I mean I said this in my the first part but I just want patience from people and I want people to give them the love and the time like even if you don't know a lot about autism doesn't mean you can't talk to a person yeah you no know, like I don't and I'm and I'll I'll stop because it kind of goes off, off but like you said about giving them the time Jane I have no problem saying, hey, my daughter has autism. We're going to be about 30 seconds here. And, you know, like, let her give you her order. Yeah. I'm just going to give you her order. Or my daughter, I don't, you know, and, I, and I've kind of stopped saying that in a sense, sense, because sometimes I felt like I was kind of making these excuses for her autism before we'd speak. And I felt like that wasn't right either, because she should let her give her order and then I can correct it. It's not a big deal. I don't think it's any different than you would do for your toddler. That's typical. Like let yeah. your toddler order and then I'm going to explain what she disordered. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. actually today, I don't want that. I want all the croutons in that salad, ma'am. Like <laughs> put those in, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let her give you the order and then I'll clarify it at the end if I need to kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a place where you're lined up giving an order and you're behind someone that's taking a long time. Yes maybe give them that's a, a little different that gets stressful that's a little it is no I'm saying it's stressful for us but if you know like there's been times where we're like we turn around we like say sorry to the person behind us or we try yeah. to explain and we sometimes to get that person's like oh no big deal keep going and that's mm -hmm. what we mm -hmm. need more of in the world like yeah for sure yeah and then, I... there's people, and then there's people like um you know there's so many people touched by autism and other disabilities now and there's so much more awareness like we have the dance studio that opened up a dance class for all varying disabilities for all different ages um the owner of the studio I believe her brother has some kind of disability I'm not sure what it is so her life was touched and then she brought it into her professional life and then invited these kids to be in the recital like not all dance owners would do that they'd be too okay. you know what I mean they'd be okay. too worried about it not being perfect like mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's just a small thing but like literally meant absolutely everything to me yeah to see her I perform did. are you kidding me well like, most are you of, kidding me yeah like, I didn't most... even know she would do a dance class <laughs> let yeah get up on a stage like I mean you know yeah. and act like she did it her whole life like well most most times like Maybe. we don't we don't have those options 
yes, for our kids. We because we know that you know even if you say the word autism, sometimes you just get told no, even mm-hmm. before they give your kids a chance to try. You know, it's like let my kid try, and then if it doesn't work, then we can let me make the decision about whether it's going to work or not. Yes. And let I my kiddo the, try. I have the opposite. I've had the opposite issue of people like oh no, it's for special needs. Anyone with special needs can do it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you realize my daughter's level of like, you know, it's like, it's like they have it open for special needs, but unless they have the right people running the group, like somebody like Alyssa is not going to be able to go in and participate. Like, it's just going to be what I'm saying. Very difficult, but it it kind of goes on both. I feel like on both ends. Yeah. Well, and I'm saying for my kids who are three and five and a half, like, is there mm-hmm. going to be that much difference between a three-year-old who's running around, not listening to the teacher and doing whatever toddlers do, and my daughter who maybe will participate or not participate? I mean, there's not that much of a difference at the age three. Like, let her participate. The side note, her hair's getting long. Yeah. <laughs> her hair's getting long. Yes. Cute. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like most places shouldn't be saying at this time, you know, I, we've had like, a we've had a lot of luck and we've had like the opposite where people people would be like oh just have her go do this and it's like she can't do these things unassisted because right. the communication barrier is just yeah. and if you really have to like understand how to um connect with somebody who is non-speaking or non-verbal like if you don't have experience with that you don't you know and this is what it comes down to is resources so I'm sure there's a lot of business owners that'd be more than willing to do this but they can't do it without the correct they can't do it and lose money I mean, that yeah. just doesn't, that doesn't make sense for them. And this is where like the government has to like look into these things and give resources for this stuff. Number one it. hope is throw some money at some uh, yeah. adult money. services government. Yeah, give me government. some money. But government. I think just other people willing, like the person who went to, who did that dance studio, like other people just willing to give it a chance and, you know, give our kids a chance. Ask for those things, ask for those grants and things, because then that's how the government will realize, oh, we should probably put more money into this. And Chuck E. Cheese does it. Come and on. I will just say one in, Cheese what is it. the statistic now? One in 44? Kids one in 44, Chaps. CDC just changed. One in 44 kids have mm-hmm. a diagnosis of autism. So autism. in order to have people come mm-hmm. into your dance class, you can't put the restriction because it's one in 44 now. Exactly. You know? I mean, that's exactly. a really high number. Yeah, right. But it's like you said, Tabitha, like Nora could probably do a regular dance class for three-year-old. Yeah. Like, for three-year-old. you know, yeah. oh. for sure. Yeah. You know, it's you know? like, I don't know. Even at Jesse, like we put him in soccer at three-ish. I, I think I've talked about this before. And it was just like, some of the teachers kind of had patience, but then he was just still so far behind the other kids. Mm-hmm. And there is a point where you feel bad for the other parents. This mm-hmm. freaking soccer, three-year-old soccer is freaking expensive. It was so expensive. And I do, yeah, you think about that, right? Think about the other kids too, but like, then you think, well, our kids are three-year-olds running around. But oh, I always put the option out there, like my son's in swim right now. And I was actually reading through some old emails and they didn't have the individual lessons available right after COVID because they were just so inundated. And I was like, well, can my husband be in the pool with the group, like just make those accept. Like, I know that people don't always have the funding to have extra employees or to do that training, but if a mom's like willing to be in there, like, I mean, I was on that soccer field with my kid, like trying to help him and trying to take the stress off of that, like 19 year old coach. Who's like trying to handle all these (laughs) three year olds, but allow that, like allow, just make the space for them. Even if it's off to the side, 
like whatever works for that kid. Um, and just yep. make the space and educate yourself. I think that's a huge thing too. In the end, let's. We're really. And I just... think that makes a difference now. There's oh, just yeah. it's out there so much now that people just, you know, people see it and they're like, oh, oh, I saw this. I saw this on a page. Or I saw. I read an article about this. So it's yeah. and it's like, it's it is coming along. Um, well, and really, our, our hopes for our kids is more funding, be more accepting, mm-hmm. have some more patience. Let them be independent and don't break Let their spirit. Be. Don't yeah. break, their, break their spirit. Don't break their spirit. Yeah. Don't make yourself uh, break anyone's spirit. Just to put that out for you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. break it. And don't put an age limit on our kids. Like it doesn't even make sense. Yes. And don't put <laughs> yeah. age limit. Makes no yeah. sense. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I hope everyone a happy new year. It's yeah. Happy new, <laughs> happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. We're going into a new year and we are excited you're with us. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the table for Here They Come, the first episode of our eighth series, Hear Me Roar. If you are enjoying the podcast and where you're listening allows, we would appreciate if you can rate and review us. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also contact us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday. Join us next Monday for Making Change, Taking Names, an interview with Brianna Olson of To Infinity and Beyond Words. We'll see you there. Bye.